Welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, still Ryan Brown, and I've got the gang again, the hockey gang, Nick, Zach, Mike, fellas, how are we doing? Hello, still Ryan Brown. Uh, nice to meet you. Yeah, uh, still Zach Lacey, doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Still Mike Barry over here doing his thing. All right, and we are still talking hockey with this group, and we are going to start in the West Division. We're just going to hop right into it because we are still talking hockey. And We're really going to drag this out, aren't we? Oh, yeah, you started this shit. This is on you. This is on oh, you. Oh, no, you started I, it. No, I no, no. You could have. No, 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 no. Ryan Brown. Like, no, wow. No, I forgot. No, you Game had to go scene. and just comment on it. You had, couldn't let it go. You couldn't let it go. This is on you. It was funny. He's like, I'm still Ryan Brown. As if I was, you were supposed to be someone different. Hey, you never know. I'm not, I'm not present anymore. I'm halfway across the country. Things can change. That hasn't yet, though. No. No, that, that it hasn't. So the West Division playoffs, let's, let's get cracking there. So West Division featured a pair of matchups in Colorado and St. Louis, and then Minnesota and Las Vegas. Colorado just took care of the Blues. They dominated easily en route to a 4-0 series sweep. Meanwhile, the other series between the Wild and the Golden Knights was far more competitive. Minnesota came back from a 3-1 series deficit, but they ultimately fell short to Vegas in seven. And currently in the second round, the Avalanche and the Golden Knights are tied two games apiece with the home teams dominating. So, Nick, I will start with you. What are your thoughts on the West Division playoffs so far? Well, I mean, as expected, as we all pretty much agreed upon, the St. Louis Blues just absolutely stunk up the joint. I think everybody saw that coming, and Colorado was pretty dominant there. Um, Minnesota, I mean, they, they showed them their true colors as a young team, and they played hard. They played all the way to the end, but Vegas is just a little more experienced in these playoffs, and that's why they got through to the next round. As far as the way Vegas and Colorado, this is the most – I think it's the most entertaining series aside from – obviously our you know home bias series with Bruins and Islanders, but that's a later subject. But uh, Vegas people, I, I've been trying to tell people Vegas is a lot better than people were giving credit for. Cause I thought a lot of people were just riding Colorado for the long haul. Uh, and when the first game was over and this final score was like seven to one or something like that, eh, the, the, the Colorado avalanche fans and the bandwagons were like, all right, this team's winning the damn cup. But uh, Vegas is really, stepped up their defense. I think they've held Colorado around like 20 shots on goal over the past like two games that they've won. We'll also put like 40 pucks on Philip Grubauer. Hey, th- this series is absolutely going to go seven. So um, I-, I couldn't tell you who's going to win right now. It's been a very good series. Zach? Uh, yeah, I mean, the most shocking thing to me, you know, my Oilers just dying in the, the first round, not even winning a game, three overtime losses. That was a little heartbreaking. Um, but so yeah, that's uh, that's, that's the North that's Division. Not the West, that's not the West Division. <laughs> this is really doing. We're really doing well, guys. Rip, we're really, rip. really doing well here. So the Blues suck, um, <laughs> and we can cut that part. It's okay. Yes, um, you know what to do. Hey, he said he's tired, bro. Just give him a break, bro. 
little heartbreaking about the wild losing to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but the Vegas Colorado series has been a lot of fun. Should be a good game tonight. I wonder if anybody's going to ever win on the road. Probably not. And Colorado's probably going to advance in game seven. Nice. I appreciate the, you know, the comeback there. Mike, let's get your thoughts on the West division. Well, I think, you know, I'm not going to say too much else than what Zach and Nick said. Uh, it's been, I think it's been the most back and forth series. Um, you know, the Bruins series has been had back and forth games, but I think the series has been the most balanced. Um, I am going to kind of connect the North division and the West division where it's going to be tough. Whoever comes, you know, who's going to face Montreal, they're going to, you know, come in with having only about 2,500 fans. And then you go to either one of these two barns and it's going to be a madhouse. So I think any of these teams, when they advance to the next round, are going to have the, the competitive advantage there. But uh, I think the, the series is going to go the distance as well. And I think Colorado is going to come out on top. All right. So that's, that's the West division. Uh, and my, since Mike brought up the North Division as well as Zach, let's segue over to the North Division. So my preseason pick and my postseason pick for this division, Toronto, decided to do what Toronto does best, and they blew a 3-1 series lead. Montreal comes back to win in seven, and they never trailed in games five through seven. So good job, Toronto. Fuck you. And Winnipeg. They completely shut down this the, the this panelist's favorite team, Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, for a 4-0 sweep. Shout out Connor Hellebuck, UML grad. Uh, and that was capped yeah, off. How that do the next round? I'm getting there. Shut up. It's called a recap, Nick. God. <laughs> yeah. And that was capped off by a three-overtime series clincher. And then, as Nick mentioned, uh, Montreal decided to just stay absolutely red hot. They then swept the Winnipeg Jets in a series. It literally never trailed at any point, which means the Montreal Canadiens, who had the least amount of points of any playoff team coming into the Stanley Cup playoffs, a losing record coming into the playoffs, have now won seven straight games in the postseason and have never tra- haven't trailed for over 400 and 37 minutes of hockey. Uh, I ask you guys, is that good? Well, I think it all starts with the back end there. It all starts with their goalie, Carey Price. He's he's come alive in the, in the past two series, and if a goalie could win the Vesna off of a couple playoff series, I think he'd, I think he'd have it. Um, he, he shut down the big scores in Toronto. He shut down Winnipeg, and they just played a, a, a solid wall around um, game to – to get through the Toronto in seven and then sweep Winnipeg in four. So it all starts with Carey Price. And if he plays like that going deep into the into the cup run here, they're gonna be dangerous. They they could knock off the winner of that of that West series um, you know, in five or six games if, if Carey Price stays that hot. Oof. Zach. Uh, that's an amazing streak. Uh I mean, seven, this is like seven straight games, not trailing at all. That's just some lights out hockey. And you're right. It all starts with the guy, guy between the pipes, Carey Price. I mean, your goalie can win you, can win you a Stanley cup. That's for damn sure. Um, something, somebody in Boston's not doing as well, but uh, 
it should be the the fans is a great thing to pick up on because going from nobody in Canada to these places that are bumping, it's going to be culture shock for the the Canadians. I'm gonna see how they handle it. Good point, Nick. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, I think they showed this stat at some point, um, either at the end or after the Toronto-Montreal series. Is it like seven straight years that the Maple Leafs haven't made it past the first round? Does anybody, can so. anybody fact check that? Uh, that's embarrassing when you, when you have the likes of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares. And, you know, the John Tavares injury obviously clearly hit them pretty hard. But, yikes, I think the moral of the story here, fellas, is that the entire uh, North Division or uh, Canadian Division is just a bunch of frauds except for Montreal. <laughs> they either suck and didn't make the playoffs or they made the playoffs and they just sucked the same. Um, I mean, the, like Zach said, you win the Stanley Cup with elite goaltending. And Carey Price has pretty much been like that his entire career. So I was I shocked to see Winnipeg go down in four straight games. I mean, yeah, probably expected it to be six or seven, maybe. But listen, Winnipeg is also a fraud. I'm sorry, Connor Hellbuck, he's a fraud. Uh, sadly, I don't know what to tell you. But um, it's probably because he I went to do, a shitty school. Yeah, I can't remember what, but I think he went to some dump in like North Massachusetts or something. Anyway, um, I do think that Montreal will probably get. I don't want to say stomped on because the team that's playing that well probably won't get stomped on by whoever plays the next but they'll probably lose in like five games to whoever they got next and the fans i agree huge factor it's gonna be weird for them so uh ds is definitely gonna cut out that last part about some uh dump <laughs> comment D- uh, ds you cut any of this out you're on the block oh okay well, there's a cool zone shot from the fucking left field all right uh so let's move on to the nhl central division playoffs so Carolina top seed took on Nashville. It was a fairly competitive game or competitive series. Rather hurricanes one and six, the final four games all went to OT. So a lot of fun there. And then Tampa Bay took down Nick's Florida Panthers in six with Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos looking like mid season form coming down, coming back from injuries. And then, uh, in a series that just wrapped up as we were recording, the Tampa Bay Lightning put down the Carolina Hurricanes four games to one. And so they will play the winner of the East Division. So, Zach, I'll let you start in the Central Division. What were your thoughts here? I mean, the Lightning just showing how experienced they are in the playoffs and what that experience can do for you. Uh, they're a wagon again. You, you know, you get all these guys back from injury and they're looking like the team that won the Stanley that won the Stanley Cup recently. Uh, outside of that, you know, the Hurricanes kind of frauds, a little fraudy. Uh, thought they should have been a lot better than that, but a uh, little disappointed in, in their performance overall. So you think it's it speaks more to Carolina being fraudulent than Tampa Bay just being disgustingly good? Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of both. I mean, Carolina, it took them six games to get rid of Nashville, who was easily the second worst team in the playoffs behind mm. uh, fucking whatever the fuck Montreal. Technically, yeah, whatever. Uh, but they suck. Nash- the Blues and Nashville both suck, and they uh, should have both yeah. lost in four. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there we go. 
come it's coming around full circle so <laughs> english yeah yeah so i the hurricane's definitely a little little fraudulent but the lightning are also nasty so mike well it's it's, it's another combination of of the goalie vasilevsky um i think he's gonna win the, the vesna easily this year um he's keeping them he's keeping the minute he's not really letting up too many soft goals and and the lightning they're just they're a scoring machine so i'm not really surprised that they they did away with the hurricanes in five games and um a preview to you know our next segment here i i don't want to have runes face them that is for damn sure well unfortunately we don't and i say we because some some people might be offended by that but the the Bruins don't really have much of a say in that as uh, with Montreal advancing and the next two highest point getters remaining being both in the West. Uh, the Bruins are now, if they were to survive the Islanders, they would play the Tampa Bay lightning in the next round. Oh, that was already figured out like at the beginning of that before the Bruins and Island even started. It was just the way the matchups worked out. But um, as far as the central division goes, so it was really sad. Um, you know, my, I was a big Florida Panthers guy. Uh, the series was really fun to watch. And then it became not fun to watch at times because Tampa Bay was just like annoyingly good. Um, really, it was just disappointed. Uh, I don't understand how Tampa got the three seed or I think there was a two, at least the two, but, but I think it was the three seed. Yeah, they were the three um, in this division. Like, I don't know how. The, the Panthers and the Hurricanes in the in this division managed to get as many points as they did. Uh, I guess I guess we have to call them regular season frauds, um, and it pains me to say it. Um, but we'll get them next year, Panthers fans. Don't worry. Um, we just got to wait for Tampa Bay to go over some imaginary luxury task that totally exists in the NHL and make them lose all their players. You know, they'll it'll happen. You know, we just got to wait it out. But uh, I refuse to believe that Tampa was going to win the Stanley Cup again uh, because if I go along with that, then I just I lose the will to watch the NHL playoffs, and I refuse to let that happen. It's similar with the <laughs> Brooklyn Nets in the NBA. I refuse to believe that's happening. Anyway. Oh, that's um, a foregone conclusion. But, yeah. The NBA is rigged. Um, I mean, you know, I'll hear you out in the rigged part, but um, you're a known super team Warriors fan. But, anyway, that's a more different pod. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I was also very surprised that Carolina and Nashville was as close as it was. Uh, I did enjoy rooting for the underdog, but at the same time, it's like, damn, if they can't take these games for Nashville, what's going to happen if they get matched up with Tampa? And I guess a five-game gentleman sweep is exactly what happens when you can't um, when you can't beat Predators in earlier than six games. So, and they are all in overtime, pretty much. Um, so yeah, uh, please Tampa stop. <laughs> Well, we'll have to hope and see for that one. And let's wrap up with the East Division playoffs. Uh, the Islanders, they bounce back from an early 2-1 series deficit to take down Pittsburgh in six. And then our Boston Bruins, they won four straight after dropping game one to the Capitals to eliminate Washington in five. And currently they are on the brink of elimination as the Islanders are up three games to two on Boston in the East Division Finals. So, Nick, I will let you start on the East Division in general. Uh, what have you seen from there? 
Well, I mean, as soon as you get lined up with the Capitals, you kind of get shivers down your entire spine because they have had the Bruins number for like ever. But I guess it was just Braden Hopi that had the Bruins number. Uh, Washington didn't even turn out to be that difficult of a challenge, um, which was quite surprising because the series that the Bruins are having against the Islanders right now is quite literally what I expected them to be having with Washington or Pittsburgh, whoever they were going to get matched up with. But um, yeah, it was a good series. Tuca played, uh, he played well. Tuca, we'll, uh, we'll get to him later, but mm-hmm. the Islanders and Penguin series was uh, a, definitely a really fun series. Uh, both fan bases were fantastic. Crowds were great at all these games. Um and, you know, Tristan Jari just fell apart in, during the series. Um, it's really tough to watch at times. Some of the goals he was letting in after really playing a fantastic regular season. There was a stretch where he was just a, an absolute brick wall and was letting nothing by him. Um, yeah, there was one game. I think it was game five where Jari let up a couple goals in a row. And the crowd was literally in the midst of doing chanting his name. And he let up another well, that's because New York Islanders fans are still in high school because that's how the way Long Island works. They have a long education system and they just can't ever graduate from their high school sports chants. Uh, I don't, I've never seen in any other fan base that still like really chants like a goaltender's name like that. I don't know. It seems a little childish to me, but uh, maybe I'm just a salty Bruins fan regardless. Um, yeah. Rip Tristan Jari. And the, the interesting thing was, they had a back of goaltender who was pretty good. Casey DeSmith or Case DeSmith, whatever his name is. Uh, he played very well for them um, over the course of the regular season, but he was hurt. So their, their next backup was like, um, I think it was actually an old Bruins AHL goaltender, uh, Max Legasse or something. Uh, and they weren't about to put him into the game because uh, that would have been the same. You would have been sent to the same fate that Dan Vladar was sent uh, when he went in for Yaroslav Halak in the bubble. And he just got absolutely shelled by Tampa. So, um, you know, it was a tough series for Pittsburgh. But um, Bruins and Islanders, I think we can I'll, – I'll let Zach and Mike get into the rest of the East Division, but then we can go really into this series and talk about everything. Of course. So, Mike, uh, let me get your East Division thoughts. Yeah, no, um, not really too much to add on the on the first round series there. I think Nikki hit the, hit the nail on the head. Um, that the Washington team, it's going to be interesting. There's, there's a lot of locker room problems there this year. Um, it seemed like they were unraveling at the seams. Um, you know, I think uh, Laviolette, he'll still, he'll still be the head coach next year. But I think some of the some of the guys might might jump ship. So um, it'd be interesting to see what happens down there. Um, and then, you know, the, the Islanders coming through beating the Penguins. I didn't think they would, but. Um, here we are, and now we're into the the Bruins series here with the Islanders. Um, I think you know it was evident in Game Five that Tuca was not at his best. Uh, I think he let up like four goals and sixteen, seventeen shots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pulling pulling him going into the third period, I thought was way too late. I think they should have get they should have gave Swayman at least a game when even like when you're up in the Washington series or early on in, in the evening and if it's game two in the Islander series, give Tuca that break. Yeah. You're riding Tuca for the long haul here, but you know, going this long stretch without having Tuca have a day off has been troublesome and it showed last night. So 
Hopefully they turn around tomorrow. I, I bet Tuca is going to be in that tomorrow, um, but we shall see. Um, you know, uh, for the series in general, uh, it's been a roller coaster ride of a series, and the Bruins are are, are on the low point of the other track, and the Islanders are on the high point. You know, Bruins are pressing the pressing the play, dominating play, can't capitalize on opportunities. Puck goes the other way, a couple passes, pucks in the back of the net. So I think the Islanders have been more opportunistic in regards to the chances that they've gotten, um, more so over than than the, than the Bruins right now. Um, but hopefully, you know the the puck luck is in the Bruins' favor tomorrow night down at the Coliseum. It's going to be a tough game six, especially with that crowd down there. But you know, if if the Bruins can play a full sixty minute full sixty minute game and actually capitalize on some of these wide open chances they they have had in the past few games, I think they should win and it'll come back to seven on Friday. But you know, we'll see come tomorrow. All right, Zach, let me get your East Division thoughts and uh, any any Bruins thoughts that you want to add upon as well. Uh, Nick, I'm pretty surprised that you don't like the the goalie chance. I love that. That's Really? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I Like I said, I, I think it's just because they're Chana, my goaltender, who, I mean, I'm not even that big of a fan of in the first place, but I don't know. I, know, I think those chants come from passionate fan bases, much not have uh, passion down a PC or something. Fendi. Well, okay, I agree. That's... I agree. Well, okay. I'm not well, saying they can't chant or anything. <laughs> uh, I'm just mad they're chanting at my goalie because he can't stop any pucks that come out in front of him. Well, tell your goalie to stop stinking. Well, I mean, I ha- I haven't exactly been the biggest Rask fanboy, you know, of all all time. So yeah, I, we know that. I, well, I was. What happens? What happens uh, when Tuka makes a save? Whose name? Whose name does the crowd chant? Um. I don't know. So you use two Ks, I believe. <laughs> nah, they, I'm still chained for Swayman. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, well, okay, look, like, well, okay, no, never mind. I'll, I'll go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah no, whatever. I agree with you guys. The rest, of, like, the I mean, the Washington series was not was not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. I mean, I had two play, two overtime wins in game two and game or two overtime games, one and two, and they win, win one, lose one. And then you just kind of roll on the last two games of the series. Um, but the Islanders really being physical this series has been uh, probably the biggest difference maker. I mean, knocked out a couple guys with injuries. Um, Carlo not being there is hurt. Uh but the Islanders, you know, got a good series win against Pittsburgh, and it's going to be a tough game. Tough game tomorrow. The Coliseum down there is going to be bumping. Uh, Frankie Borelli is going to be pissing his pants, drunk and screaming. And I hope he falls up off a chair and the Bruins kick the Islanders' ass. Yeah, I I know that you want. Obviously, we want the Bruins to win, but uh, <clears throat> let's just not forget uh, someone here picked the Islanders to make it out of the East. Not going to name names. I don't like you. <laughs> so uh, let's hope that doesn't actually come to fruition. But uh, so obviously we've talked about Tuca. He got pulled after allowing four goals on 16 shots. Bruce Cassidy claimed it was injury related, that it was just for <clears throat> maintenance purposes and that he would be fine for game six. Does anyone here buy that? I mean, no, I, he hasn't been a hundred percent the entire playoffs. I look, 
he's he's been in an unfortunate situation because a lot of the goals that have gone in have been tipped out in front, and I I give him a hard time for that. And and Zach has been like, I mean, it, it, he's been on on my case a little bit, saying that it's the hardest shot to defend. Like I understand, like the fact that all these pucks are going in, and let's face it, uh, a lot of these tip pucks that are going in are off like our own guys, whether Lazone's putting them in our own net, or uh, the other night, or literally, um, I'm blanking on who it was, but somebody, somebody, it's Clifton. It was Clifton. That's who it was. Uh, both Lazone and Clifton had just been doing us dirty in this series. But Clifton was so good against Washington. Um, Lazone's really been worse, but um, Lazone's been awful. Yeah, I, he is. He has been bad. Um, but the thing is, they don't. They don't really have that many better options right now. Right. They're all. You know, they're hurt, or they're all like too young. Like I love Yerho Vakanainen, but he, he just, I'm not. Don't put it. You can't put him into that game. Like. Um, and, and Zaboral, maybe you go Zaboral, but I don't know if that really works out, um, any, any differently. Um, but Rask has got us like, the thing is with Rask, he's not giving us any big time, like, you know, it's not even all necessarily the big time stops like the Casey Zika's goal, like that sucked. Uh, but like, you knew that was going in as soon as the breakaway, like he doesn't make a lot of breakaway big saves there. Like, He's pretty good in like a panic situation when it's like it, everybody's in their own zone. He can like make some big saves and stop some good shots from going in. But on the breakaways, like he just gets torn to pieces. And then I don't know what happened in the last game, but yes, Barzell's nasty. But I mean, the dude just walked right in on a power play that should have never even happened, by the way, and put one top shelf. And then um, who was it? The fourth goal that went in on him was another one that was just straight up um, in his face. Like, I don't I don't fault him for when, like, the defense or the penalty kill, like, just screws up and doesn't deflect passes and get in the passing lanes, and somebody just ends up right in front of Tugaras, like, literally right in front of him. Like, there's not all that much you can do at that point. Uh, but we needed, we needed a little more from Tuka, uh, and obviously a lot more from the PK. And uh, we just haven't gotten it. And that's why, like, if Swayman plays, I'm not going to be, like, too mad because I, I, I love the kid. Um, yeah, I'm glad he got at least a period in him. But uh, I'm overall very nervous, uh, very, very nervous. And that shitter Taylor Hall needs to step it up and actually do something. Yeah, uh, I totally agree on the Taylor Hall part. I mean, Miller's been on his case for – for a while he played pretty good in the capital series he's been a little inconsistent here in round two as everybody outside of the perfection line has been i mean Krejci got that one last night but that was i mean he it was just, his first good like impactful play you know like what feels yes. like a year yeah seriously um and the third and fourth line have just been ab- absolutely non-existent uh charlie Coyle is i don't even i barely even see him on the ice it feels like um, that guy has been major disappointment to me, but yeah, as far as Tuca, I don't, I definitely don't buy the injury shit. Uh, just a cute cover by Cassidy to help out his guy, I guess. Keep uh, his confidence. Yeah. Keep his confidence up, I guess. Goalies Whatever confidence. Tem- yeah. Temperamental like that. Yeah. But you know, I mean, three, three power play goals you, on the PK, you're, your goalie has to be your best defenseman and Tuca just 
bad bounces, good opportunities, whatever, you need your guy to step up and make plays. And he, he just he hasn't done it uh, in the past couple of games. Uh, they really need him to do it game six. If not, I mean, the Zebras are going to be bad again. Uh, I don't I don't expect them to get any better. There's this whole aura around the Islanders. They're the least penalized team in all of hockey this year. So I don't expect it to get any better. And somebody, whoever's in net is going to have to make some, make some stops on the PK. Uh, and Marshan's got to stop fucking taking penalties because he's key on the, on yeah, the PK. Dude, they have taken some of the dumbest penalties. Like, Grizzly just absolutely demolishing that dude from behind in front of the net as the puck's coming in. Like, so unnecessary. Yeah. That The penalty that Sean Crawley took, that wasn't a penalty. That was a soft-ass call. That should have never even happened. So, that power yeah. play should have never even existed. But it's just all of them just taking really dumb penalties. Like, I haven't seen anybody – not that the penalty is really going to be good in any instance, especially the way that they're defending on the PK lately. But uh, I've never seen I, – I haven't seen a penalty that was like, oh, like, I get why you would, like, do that. It's always just, like, over-aggressive like plays with their hands it's not even with like with their they're not trying to make good plays with their sticks they're just like they're going up high with their hands but i i do agree with what bruce cassidy was saying post game i feel like all the high sticks are getting called against boston and none against um uh, none against the islanders I, I do find that really tricky because how many times did we say or we had to listen to pierre mcguire say oh yeah bergeron got high stick like three times that play they play on like oh thanks great (laughs) add it to the list dude yeah Um, so you guys bring up a good point bruce cassidy uh he was not uh he did not hold back at all with his post-game comments Uh, he actually got fined 25k for them uh basically saying more or less uh, i'm paraphrasing but he more or less said that he thinks the fix is in here. He referred to the New York Islanders as the New York saints because the officials uh, are just being so kind to them and so giving to them uh, and that they're, they're not being penalized on the same things that the Bruins are, even though both teams are doing the exact same things. Uh, So Mike, you, you feel like that's uh, the case here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he did tell the media that the refs are doing a good job, so I'm not sure what happened there with the fine. But I mean, you know, yeah, I agree with the sentiment. Um, a lot. No, no, know, he didn't say they were doing good. He said he said they're yeah. they're good refs. Oh yeah, he said class, they were class. bad. Oh, he said they're bad, but they're like they're good. Like they're good refs. Like they're yeah. they're. There like, I know those guys. They're good guys. Oh, he he said they were good, so that means they're good. So you know, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, the, you can't, there's a, there's a point where you can't blame the refs for the downfall of, of a loss here, right? So, yes, you take three bad penalties, but also the penalty kill can't do its job and, and they let up three power play goals last night. Um, there, you know, there has to be a balance where, yes, you're not getting the calls. That's going to happen in, in a playoff series. You're going to have the calls go one way, one game, and you're away the next. But, it's what you do to mitigate those those power play goals, and, and right now the penalty kills is not doing the job. Even even uh, on some cases on the five on five where uh, the Islanders press the play, and it just seems like we're, the the Bruins are playing the zone defense, and they're just waiting for a shot to come, and hopefully somebody blocks it. Hopefully it doesn't make to make it to the net. It's almost as if they're trying to play a penalty kill style while on defense as opposed to 
being aggressive, getting getting a couple a couple guys on pucks to create uh, opportunities to break the puck out. Um, so hopefully the uh, game six is, the game six is a more evenly officiated game. I doubt it will be, but um, the Bruins just gotta play through it. And you know if if that means you know trying to sell a few penalties to try and get some, fine, so be it. But uh, don't go into overkill. Just you, you gotta play the game. You gotta. You got to score one more than the Islanders tomorrow night. There's no excuses tomorrow night. The Everything got, has to get thrown at that goalie, um, and we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, they, they even – they should have – they could have won the game if they had just put some of those pucks in the back of the net. I think it was one of the first things he said. Uh, you Bergeron whiffed on an open one-timer. Marchand threw the puck across the crease. Uh, Krejci shot a puck at a, at a dude who was standing, albeit in front of the open part of the net. Um, but, I mean, he had the net right there. Um, I think even Taylor Hall might have missed, a, like, a pretty open chance at the net. I mean, these are – got to put these in. Pasta seemed to be the only one last night that could find the back of the net, um, which is a good sign. They're better than his past playoffs, you know, in years past. But uh, Right, but I'll, they're scoring from the Ovechkin spot. I mean, it's not going to take a rocket scientist for the Islanders to, to overcome. Yeah, make to the adjustment. Pasta. Right, yeah. yeah. So I think tomorrow you're going to see a lot more maybe uh, man defense on Pox than are trying to take away that, that one-timer slot that he just yeah. loves and he can't score from anywhere else. Well, I think you just got to try and move uh, him I, I would disagree with that there, Mike. He's uh, shown a couple different angles, not just that spot. But it seems like last night they were forced in that spot, no? Well, on, the, on, the, power, on the power play, yes. They, they force that spot all the time. I think and five on five, they were forcing a little too much last night, which maybe have may have hung them up. But they do a little bit too much. They've been doing a little bit, little bit too much passing in the five on five. I will agree with you on that. Like even the end of the game, there they got oh in the zone God. with with twenty five seconds left, whatever, and they just passed it around the whole fucking time. They didn't shoot the five seconds. Yeah, yeah how, that that was yeah. insane. That was infuriating. Like you got to throw that in at the net and hope for a tip. Like I can't. I I was I was thinking the same exact thing. And it I'm wasn't not, even just that last 25 seconds. It was the, the, like, you know, parts of the whole damn period. Mm-hmm. I'm not one to be one of those shoot it, shoot it, shoot that. But I was that whole last 25 <laughs> seconds. And let me tell you, uh, it was you ugly. You weren't alone. It was ugly. All right. So you guys have detailed, you know, what's, what's going on w- with the team right now, what adjustments they need to make. Uh, a couple tidbits I do want to throw out before I get your final thoughts on what the Bruins like have to do to, to get back and force a game seven and keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, the Bruins have actually scored first and outshot the New York Islanders in four of the five games so far in this series. And yet they trail three games to two. It's embarrassing. And the New York Islanders goalie, uh, I, I don't know the name off the top of my head. Um, Semyon Varlamov. Yeah, he has in six of his starts, he has allowed a goal on, on in in his six starts in five of them, he has allowed a goal within the first three shots uh, that he has faced, and yet they still win games. So I I don't know what the the heck the Bruins got to do, but maybe I can get your final thoughts on what it's going to take for the Bruins to turn things around, force Game Seven, and potentially move on to the next round. I would say there's like. If you had to pick out some of the most important things, you got to stay out of the box, right? You got to make the right kind of aggressive plays and not try and get away with shit. Um, Secondly, 
you have to be more aggressive on the penalty kill because they're just standing around doing nothing, letting all these darts go back, 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 back all around the zone until somebody ends up in front of Rask. Uh, and then lastly, you just got finished. They're getting so many chances. I mean, there's a point where they were out shooting the Islanders 44 to 19, like you just said, and they were like they've been doing the whole series. They are getting so many chances every game. Uh, there's a guy who writes for like a Boston newspaper, uh, Connor Ryan, and he always puts out a screenshot of like um, uh, it, it's a picture of like the hockey rink, and then it's like color coded to like where shots are coming in um, at the prospective goalie for each team. And the Bruins is always just lit up with so many shots and like good, like in the slot chances. And they just have to put some of these in the back of the net. They have all the chances in the world to do it. So it, it, it's, it really doesn't take all that much more. You eliminate the trash refs by not taking stupid penalties. Then you hold yourself defensively. And if you do take a penalty, you penalty kills got to shape it up. And then you just got to put the puck in the back of the net. I mean, it sounds so easy, but I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing else you can really do. They're doing all the right things right now. They're just not finishing. It. So, so what I'm getting from you, Nick, is pucks in deep, pucks on net. <laughs> Don't forget about skate. Okay. <laughs> look, it, it, look, it comes down to this. It. it comes down to this. Don't. Don't take penalties. If they take like two or less penalties and they get one goal from somebody on the third or fourth line, they're going to win the game tomorrow. I mean, the first line is going to score at some point. They're going to score a one couple, whatever. If you're, if you're, if you're not giving up two and three power play goals and you get a little production from the, from the shitters, then we're riding baby. That's, that's all it comes down to. You got, you got to have Charlie Coyle being aggressive. Um, you know, he had that great goal in game, I believe, four is, or three. I think it was game three. But, yeah, it was definitely game three because they won that one. Um, he had that fantastic goal to, like, start the game. And that was, like, the best game he's played the entire playoffs. You got to see more of that, him taking the puck to the net. I thought Kuhlman actually played very well yesterday, at least yeah, in he the was first moving. period. He was, he was everywhere. And they need more of that because obviously Curtis Lazar is not playing. You know, that means probably that loser, Jake DeBrusque, is going to find himself back in the lineup or something. Um, we gotta got to see something from Charlie Coyle being aggressive because on that line, Nick Ritchie's a fat, slob, job of the hut-looking motherfucker. He's just going to sit in front of the net and give you nothing but that. So Charlie Coyle's got to generate everything for that line because they need to have an impact like that. So. Mike, let me get your keys to the game and how the Bruins can turn things around. Uh, I think they got to get to a two goal lead and just, and just keep the foot on the gas pedal. They've been playing from behind a, a lot of the, a lot of the series here and, and a lot of the, the scoring has been a one goal game. So I think if they get to a, a two goal lead at any point in the game, I think they'll be able to, to at least defend until the end of the game and, and save, save everything for game seven. All righty. So uh, that's our thoughts on the Bruins. Any final thoughts on the NHL playoffs picture as a whole? Uh, one thing that I did sort of fail to mention that uh, we kind of touched on a, a little bit, though. Uh, the NHL did reach an agreement with the Canadian government to allow for cross-border travel during the Stanley Cup semifinals and finals. So the Montreal Canadiens will not have to 
play their home games somewhere in the United States. Uh, so that's, that's a good thing. Hopefully the Canadian government will allow them to have more fans uh, in the next round. They only had 2,500. Uh, Don't get your hopes up for that series in uh, against Winnipeg. Yeah, I know uh, they're, they're being really cautious. I'm not going to fault them for that, but uh, hopefully they'll get more fans in the building and it can be uh, uh, as raucous as can be for whatever amount they have. Cause uh, like Zach saying, they're going to be walking into something they haven't walked into all season long when they come stateside and play uh, either Vegas or Colorado. It's kind of wild that they just figured out an agreement uh, to get them to come. Right. <laughs> like, like they wouldn't have had it like ready, like <laughs> way prepared way ahead of time, knowing that this was going to be yeah. the case. Like the series starts in like a matter of days. Not This isn't like two months out that they're figuring out an agreement. Yeah, yeah they, dude, you, you see like sports, uh, like any, any major sports league making deals like this. Like, they don't just schedule, like, hey, you're the NFL, like, hey, you're gonna go play a London game next week, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. pack your bags, bro. I mean, they've been negotiating for a while now, I'm pretty sure it's been months. Uh, and they just because you look at the other sports leagues, MLB, and uh, to a much lesser extent, uh, MLS, they're they're Canadian teams have have had to relocate to the U.S. for the entirety of their seasons. Uh, so it, it's good to see that the NHL was able to get the Canadian government to flip a little bit on this. Um, but hopefully uh, that means we'll get some some more fans in the building for the Canadian teams because uh, God only knows we need as much normalcy as possible. So uh, any final thoughts outside of that? Go Bees. Mm, yeah, go Bees. Hope Frankie gets a beer dumped on him in Boston. Huh. all righty let's uh we'll call that a wrap for nick zach and mike i am still ryan brown still and fuck duke oh you stole it from me i was damn gonna it. go right for that damn it yeah that's hot <laughs> dan play the music for you.